Welcome to Blackbird episode number 17. My name is James, and today I am joined by economist Philip Bagas from Rey Juan Carlos University in Madrid, Spain. Philip recently co-authored a paper called COVID-19 and the Political Economy of Mass Hysteria. Now, mass hysteria is a particular interest of mine. And in fact, prior to starting this podcast, I thought about starting a podcast kind of chronicling the history of mass hysteria. I am not much of a historian, and so that podcast uh, went into the circular filing cabinet. Um, But I am very pleased to have Philip on to talk about the current mass hysteria and specifically how the media and the state can help foment and perpetuate mass hysteria. And so with that, here is my interview with Philip Bagas. All right, Philip, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, James, for having me. Yeah, sure. Uh, So I heard about you from Tom Woods on his show, um, talking about mass hysterias, which is something that has always interested me. Um, But since this is the first time you've joined me on this show, could you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself to the folks? Sure. I'm professor for economics. Um, I'm based in Madrid, teaching at Universidad Rey Juan Carlos. And uh, my main topics, uh, research topics that I'm most interested in actually are um, monetary theory, capital theory, awesome business business cycle theory. Um, Yeah, but uh, now I wrote also on the topic of uh, psychology and economics uh, in an interdisciplinary um, approach uh, because, and I'm also interested in ethics. So, yeah, um, I guess it it went very much to my heart this uh, whole Corona thing, and therefore I, I wanted to to shed light on it from different perspectives. Yeah, it seems like the the Austrian school of economics kind of um, allows for that kind of cross functional, cross disciplinary analysis better than a lot of other schools of thought, I, I would assume. Um, the, so the, the title of the paper that you and your co-authors published is COVID-19 and the Political Economy of Mass Hysteria. Um, and I would really like to start at just the very, very brass tacks of what is political economy? How does it di- how does it differ from um, like political science or economics proper? Yeah, it makes an analysis of economic policies yeah and it sets out to yeah to analyze analyze the incentives that the different actors have in different um, settings yeah? and in this case um, we compare the political incentives from an economic point of view therefore political economy um, and we compare the an idealized, minimal state and an idealized, typical, modern, centralized welfare state. Yeah. And then we look, as I said, on the incentives that the actors have from an economic perspective, therefore. And um, so what also, what constitutes a mass hysteria from your point of view? Yeah, that, uh, that is a very interesting phenomenon that I um, 
uh, also it was quite new for me, but it's very, very researched. Um, it is as an, a situation where a, a large group of people overestimate a threat, an existing or non-existing threat. Yeah, they they react to this threat, and it's also important to understand this: this hysteria is contagious. Yeah, fear is contagious. If we see other people having fear, suffering fear, um, we may also suffer it. And with this mass hysteria thing, it's even that people can get can suffer symptoms, yeah, even though there's a non-existing and this is uh, existing threat. It's just psychological. So there are, for example, um, <clears throat> there are cases of of a Portuguese TV show which was very um, interesting, where in the in the TV show some of the actors have a very strange virus. They get a very strange virus, and after watching the show, many uh, many of the viewers got the same symptoms. They actually got physical symptoms, and several schools had to be closed in in Portugal uh, due to this mass hysteria. And later on, it was found out that a virus did not exist yeah so it was just psychological and there we have yeah the literature is huge this mass hysteria they are normally they are in localized settings like in schools or in uh, in factories and uh, or they are non-existing threats or there's a threat that is uh, over over uh, estimated and then we get of course ir totally irrational behavior based on this non-existing or overestimated threat. Yeah. And that uh, the the existence of symptom of symptoms from the non-existent threat uh, is called the nocebo effect, right? Yeah, that's also a very important concept that you mentioned, James. And the nocebo effect is the opposite of a placebo effect. And the placebo effect is we think we will get better and therefore we get better. We just take a pill and oh, sure. we think we get better and the nocebo effect is the opposite we think that we uh, will get ill and therefore we get ill yeah and there's this uh, one case that i also mentioned in the paper is of uh, of a guy who actually wants to commit suicide yeah he he takes uh, he's uh, taking part in a in drug experiment yeah in, in a trial of a new drug and uh, he thinks if he takes th uh, he takes 29 pills of this drug to <laughs> to commit suicide and then he gets symptoms of he gets symptoms uh, oh. like of uh, very high blood pressure and so on and he gets uh, with the emergency into the hospital and they can stabilize him somehow but he's in a critical condition and then uh, um the doctor that is supervising the trial comes and tells uh, the guy that he was actually in the control group taking placebos. So he was actually trying to commit suicide taking 29 put placebo. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got the symptoms. And when he when he was told that he, it was just a placebo he was taking, he actually got uh, better immediately. Oh, wow. So you see it's, uh, it's psychological. But what I also wanted to point out that it may actually existing illnesses worse. So the nocebo effect may 
may make existing illnesses worse. Uh, and there's also the case that I mentioned of a doctor in the, with the Spanish flu who says the people who were people who actually were strong, um, they only died due to this uh, virus. They only died because they thought it was uh, so horrible. So they these nocebo effects, they can add up to and make something much worse than it actually is. Does um so this might be kind of an elementary question, but the case in Portugal, for instance, I would assume that watching a television show doesn't have a magical effect on someone. Would so let's just say that this is a popular television show. Then do the kids like go to school the next day and say, I'm not feeling well, or I, I uh, how weird I watched that show last night. And now I'm feeling like I have that, that illness that they had. And then that spreads or um, do individuals somehow transmit that information like psychically? Uh, do you know? Well, I suppose in this case that some people watched the show then uh, were thought that they would also get it and then they got it because they thought there's yeah. a nocebo effect and then maybe other people who did not see the show but who observed the others having these symptoms okay. um, also got infected. This is uh, what actually happens in a mass hysteria. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. It's almost unbelievable. But there are, there are hundreds of cases of, of this phenomenon um, and it's widely widely studied. Um, yeah, it's uh, but but yeah, it's it's psychological. We we never have can underestimate the psychological effects and how contagious um, our feelings and uh, are. Well, I know with COVID, um, like everybody I know thought that they had it at one point or another. Um, the and, and even I, you know, I've got sinus problems, and so there were definite, definitely times where I had a slight fever, and uh, so I just was convinced that I was coming down of it. Um, how? So, in your paper, the the kind of gist of the paper is that the state and uh, propaganda, for want of a better term, can cause mass hysteria to be exacerbated. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Sure. Um, we analyze basically what, um, how this, what is the role of the state in generating and making a mass hysteria worse? Yeah. And there are several points that have to be mentioned. One is that while while uh, there is a negativity bias in the human mind, that is, we look at negative news uh, due to evolution because our ancestors, they had to look at negative news, otherwise they would <laughs> die and get out of the gene pool. So we look at negative news and um, <clears throat> we, uh, and then there's a contagion effect. Yeah, and, and we, if we get negative news all day long, then fear and anxiety, um, is spread and um, so this can happen also in a free society if there's no state yeah, if we get negative news all days then there's anxiety and there can a mass hysteria can develop but there are um, also natural effects that work against the development of a mass hysteria or can limit its size yeah for example uh, things that reduce stress and anxiety 
because in all the studies of mass hysterias, um, one important thing that was found, found out is that stress and anxiety are factors that are very uh, positive and, uh, and exacerbating the mass hysteria. Um, so everything that actually uh, reduces stress and anxiety um, also reduces the possibility of a mass hysteria to, do, to develop. And these things is, are, well, doing sports, uh, having fun, uh, get diversion and distraction from the negative news, yeah? Because if you get all the day negative news, then they are, you're prone to, to get, to, fall, to succumb to a mass hysteria. So these uh, activities like socializing, <laughs> Having distraction, um, they are of course possible in a in a in a free society. The problem is that the state uh, uh, can prohibit exactly those activities that reduce the stress and therefore reduce the mass hysteria. And and we have seen it in the COVID nineteen that the state actually did it. It imposed social distancing. It imposed masks. Yeah, masks is an, another factor that introduces much stress because if you cannot see uh, the, fa uh, the the full face of, of, of mm -hmm. others, if they are smiling or not, this um, produces, if you notice it or not, it produces stress, stress on you. Yeah, and, and they prohibited sport uh, in Spain. They prohibited even going out. Uh, they prohibited, yeah, all distractions that you normally have. So, um this contributed, of course, yeah. And then uh, another factor that is important is that even if in a free society there's a mass hysteria and people fall, fall to it and do irrational things, there are still limits to the harm they, they can do. And these limits are private property rights. Yeah. Private property rights thereby protect the population from harm. Yeah. The problem is when private property rights are not protected, like in the modern central state, welfare state, then the destruction that, that can be done by people who have fallen prey to mass hysteria is, is biblical. It's immense. It's the destruction. And I think we, we, are, we are witnessing this. Yeah. Imagine that the government, government officials fall prey to mass hysteria. <laughs> and then act upon this and uh, they will yeah they can destroy society yeah because there, there are no limits of private property to to prevent this so so the state uh, because it violates private property rights can um create tremendous destruction in in form of psychological effects or health effects or economical effects, yeah. And um, yeah, but there's uh, several other factors that we also um, analyze. One is the possibility to make experimentations. Yeah, when when there's this group thinking that everyone is doing the same, then uh, the behavior is adopted by everyone, and every everyone falls prey to this hysteria. It get gets anxiety and stress. Yeah. When we have experimentation, if experimentation is allowed and we can look at others that uh, try different things, then we may not fall prey to the, we may not succumb to the mass hysteria. I'll give you an example. Um, 
if everyone takes on masks and everyone shuts down this businesses because the state mandates it, then we we have no alternative. We only see this. Everyone does the same. And we think, well, this must be correct because everyone is doing the same. Well, in a decentralized way, in a free society, for example, where some business owners, they may close their business, some may uh, make masks mandatory, others take temperatures, others say, well, we will only have so many people in my store. And some some may just say, well, like, like always, just come in. And then we can observe. We can observe the results. Yeah? And when we see that the results are not disastrous, yeah, of those people who who uh, remain sober, no, and, and don't uh, don't freak out totally, then we 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 might say, well, I don't freak out either. Yeah, <laughs> I remain I remain sane, so to speak. Yeah, I don't succumb to the mass hysteria. Um, so the possibility in a decentralized market system of trying different ways to approach a threat or a potential threat allows to see results and seeing these results then allows to compare and see alternatives and not fall to the mass hysteria. Yeah? While when one size fits all is imposed to everyone, there's a lockdown for everyone, then we cannot compare. Um, we cannot do make this comparison. Yeah. The other point that we might make is that the politi politicized mass media um today we have very politicized media for several reasons we have state uh, tv channels we have licenses for channels radio channels we have um um indirect uh, in, indirect censorship we have also the fact that most journalists went through public uh, universities yeah so <clears throat> We have a very much politicized media. Yeah, you, are, you, are, you we experience it every day that is very biased. And if this media repeats negative news 24 hours, seven days a week, this produces enormous stress and anxiety, which is the perfect uh, breeding ground for a mass hysteria. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and then. We can add to this the possibility that negative news comes from an authoritative source. Yeah. In, a, in a free society, there are several authorities that actually became authorities because they did something positive for society. Yeah. They have a, a fame, but they are different ones. While today we have like the state. The state is responsible for public health and it names a guy, uh, like say Anthony Fauci, and <clears throat> he is seen like a quasi god who 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 knows better than everyone else because he speaks in the name of the state, who is also sacred. Yeah. So, if studies show that if negative news come from an authoritative source, yeah, like the state or the chief virologist, whatever, then it has a much more harmful effect hey james here um we had a bit of a internet glitch here and philip's audio cut out i don't think that you'll miss too much um, but there is about 10 seconds of audio missing here 
So I'll just jump right back into the interview here. Because they have good relations to politics. Yeah? So this would be different. This is different to, um, the, to the situation when we have a decentralized system and not... Yeah, I mean, Fauci, he was speaking out of the Congress of the United States. Yeah, you know, this sacred hall where... Yeah, <laughs> the temple of democracy, we're told. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where the 6th of January, yeah, it was desacrificed, no, because people, uh, the normal people went into it, so they can only know, demigods are in, in this building normally, so when, when, they, when these demigods speak to the public, of course, this is um, very important, very authoritative. And here... Is also used as a political factor, as a political weapon, has been since the beginning of the state. The state uses fear. It's actually one of the yeah, ground, grounding pillars of, of, of the state. Yeah, the state says, I protect you. And the bigger the fear, the more necessary I am. So I protect you, for example, against foreign enemies, foreign invasions. Um, yeah, the famous example of the weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, um, fear is invoked so the state can assume its role to protect the citizenship in the population. Yeah, they, they said, they told the government, hey, government, what you have to do is to, um, to tell people that they will, uh, they will die of COVID because they cannot breathe. And this is a primordial fear to to die in this exactly this way for not having enough oxygen yeah to die this way is uh, one of the uh, ways that people fear most so they and they knew it and they told the government you you know people fear this most so so appeal to this yeah? and they also tried to invoke guilt complexes to children they they said well tell the children that if you play with neighbors, children, and then you get COVID and then you you spread it to your grandparents, they will die a horrible, horrible death at home. And uh, that is the, the most horrible thing that children can fear, to be responsible for that. Uh, and, they, and then they also said, or emphasize that there are long-term possible, long-term adverse consequences that even though you get over COVID, then long-term, long COVID, uh, you may suddenly die of it. So all these fears, all these fears, they actively promote it. And it's, it's known. I mean, it's known. They, they, they admit it. It's known that this is a paper from the Ministry of the Interior. So they actually used it. And of course, if, if you do this, I mean, if you instill fear in this way in the population, a mass hysteria becomes very much more likely. Or if it exists, it can grow much to a much bigger dimension which with uh, very adverse consequences and finally the last point is that politicians face an asymmetric payoff if they underestimate a threat yeah let's say they underestimate the threat and then people die because they underestimated it they will probably be voted directly out of office but if they overestimate the threat yeah then then can they always can say later? Well, if we would not have what we done, what we did, if we would not have done the lockdowns, then millions of people would have died, and no one can can show them uh, otherwise. Yeah, uh, or may, maybe the lockdowns will have, or uh, probably the lockdowns will cause also death. 
in the form of people who got uh, who got cancer and they, they 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 don't find the cancer in time, or people who commit suicide or get depressions and drink more alcohol, people and they get illnesses and they they will they these people will die in, in years to come, but. It's only later. It's only later, but maybe when the politicians are, are, are already out of office and their death will not be connected directly. It's very hard to connect this de these deaths directly to, to the decision, decision of the politicians to do the lockdown. So what is the incentive of the politician? Well, of course, it's to overreact, yeah, to, to play it safe, to overreact, because if they are death, then it will always come directly to me if they're COVID death. And the long-term consequences, well, I do not care so much, and I can I always can use, of course, the media. Yeah, my connection to the media, who will then always say, "Oh, it was necessary, and we needed this." And the costs of, of wrong decisions in politi politics always can be passed on to third parties. So the politicians, they get their salary <laughs> during the lockdown. Yeah, yeah, while. Other people may lose their jobs. They 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 pay the costs. Other people people close their businesses. Have to close their businesses. They pay the costs. Other people get uh, depressions. Uh, families break up. So the costs are paid by others. Yeah, by third parties. So, and if you can do this, then you are of course much more prone to to impose this to overreact. Yeah, and this overreaction of course causes also stress and anxiety. Because if people see, well, the government locks down everything, well, this must be a very, very important threat. So I rather stay at home and I'm fearful. <laughs> so yeah, so all this contributes to, to the mass hysteria. And therefore, uh, one of the main conclusions of the papers, actually, if something like mass hysteria exists and the possibility of it, and uh, the consequences of this irrational, irrational behavior in the mass hysteria can produce so much harm to society. It's a very, very dangerous institution to have the state. The state is a very, very dangerous institution to have because if a mass hysteria can develop and there's a state and then it can lead to inc incredible destruction. So one main argument for the existence of the state is actually that uh, that it can cause mass hysteria um, pr and producing incredible destruction. Um, I, actually, I just want to get real quick from you the paper that was that was leaked from the Department of the Interior. Um, what country was that? In Germany. In Germany. Okay. I, my internet dropped. So I, I want to make sure that I link to that because it's a very important um, story. Uh, and it, I, I didn't hear about it until, until just now. Um, and my internet dropped, but the zoom kept recording. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it doesn't completely cut off your audio. Um, but if it did, I think the audience will understand um, there wasn't, there wasn't too much missed. So uh, we'll get the gist of it. Um, <clears throat> what about uh, like on our side? So I'm hearing from a lot of libertarians, especially that um, the vaccine, for instance, is going to cause all kinds of harm if you get it. Is that also, could that also lead to a mass hysteria or even, you know, people who say that they can't breathe through a mask? I can breathe through a mask. I think most people can, unless they've got some severe respiratory problems. 
Um, is that also something that that presents a danger of this sort of thing? Um, well, I think I think that people who 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 say that they don't uh, they can't breathe through masks, um, I don't think they they pose a danger. Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. to to others because pro probably they will take. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I, people understand that when they are ill, they take their their um, they take take distances or stay at home. Right. I mean, if I'm ill, I have fever, I, I stay stay at home. And people, well, the 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 vaccines, well, I will not uh, get the vaccine <laughs> because uh, because out of principle, of course, because I don't want to be. Uh, <clears throat> Um, vaccines uh, almost mandatory, and they try to do it uh, implicitly mandatory. So, so to right. make make all all precious, precious, and and then of course, I mean, I, I'm young. There's no, there's basically well, I'm not young, but <laughs> I I I'm I'm forty, so I'm not in a danger of uh, of. Um, of COVID, but uh, there are of course many possible negative consequences of of the vaccine that mm -hmm. we don't know know of. Uh, we cannot know. So, but if I don't don't do it, I don't think I'm a danger for 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 anyone. Mm. Yeah, that's the that's the the main thing about masks is that you, you hit on it. It was uh, the, they're supposed to prevent asymptomatic spread, which the, it's it's questionable whether that's even a thing, um, and and like you said, you know, I mean, if you're if you're sick, stay home. Obviously, that's that's always been the rule. Um, and now, I mean, that I guess that is something good. I, we're not going to have probably for the the rest of our lives people showing up to work sick uh, during flu season, for instance. So that maybe that's one good thing. They'll come out. Yeah, of I agree. I agree. Before we before we close, what uh, what do you think is a good thing that we can do as lovers of freedom and um, people who just want to be self autonomous uh, that we can do to fight this mass hysteria and hopefully bring society out of it? Yeah, of course. One problem is that you probably have seen is that you cannot talk to people actually who. Uh, succumb to the mass hysteria they are not open for any rational arguments they are not open for data they are not open for comparisons of different countries um <clears throat> they always they always then find the argument yeah but uh, yeah uh, the numbers come down because we did the lockdown yeah you you, you tell them um, you yeah, look at the different number of the different countries and there's no difference if you do a lockdown or not and they say yeah but it would have been worse if not. So they don't. Um, so what can be done? Um, I think for one thing, um, sooner or later it will it will end on its own because people um, will. Yeah, you cannot maintain people in such a state of anxiety forever. At some point, it. Yeah, it breaks down. Yeah, and there are always borderline cases that are on that are close to falling prey to the mass hysteria, and you can convince them, 
and they may, let's say, uh, wake up um, and they can, of course, compare. Yeah. Um, so one thing uh, what you can do is tr try to speak to, the, to, to those people that are, have also been negatively affected by the lockdowns and the, the interventionist measures and uh, yeah and and try to promote everything that reduces stress and and anxiety try to behave normal um um uh, try to that is not treat other people as if they would have uh, ebola virus but like normal people yeah <clears throat> and and uh, yeah do sports with them and interact with them and then then, as I said, this giving example to others, this is the experimentation um, that others see that uh, that um, other possibilities are, are available. Yeah. And yeah, so for, and for, for another thing, the number, uh, there will probably at some point be some herd uh, immunity also help with vaccines maybe also so, and then at some point uh, i hope it will it will it will run out i suppose that mass hysteria like an like a normal flu virus also they they have they they increase and then they mm. they decrease again it's, yeah. so it's also natural and uh, how can we accelerate accelerate this well i guess try to spread the truth and try to uh, give the information to others even though they may uh, yeah they they may <laughs> they may think they, that that you're crazy you know but you uh, you have to try it great well um other than the paper itself what can i link people to so that they can keep in touch with you well i'm on twitter uh, at philip bagos uh, i'm on facebook I've written uh, several articles on Mises.org um, on Corona, the ethics of Corona of the lockdowns, for example. Also, the the idea to do the central planning idea of uh, and war socialism approaches to to the virus, to the idea that we are like in a war against something, and there, therefore not the market should solve the problem, but centrally planned uh, dictators should should do it. Yeah, so so. Uh, yeah, my page on Mises.org, there you can find articles on it. And yeah, I have a website also, philippbagos.com. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for staying up late to chat with me today, Philip. And I will have to have you back on once uh, once all of this distracting thing stuff uh, passes. But thank you so much for your contribution because mass hysteria, I think, is definitely what we're experiencing. And it's, if nothing else, extremely interesting to see it analyzed from uh, the, the point of view of political economy. Thank you very much, James. It was a great pleasure to be yeah. on your show. Thank you. Thanks again to Philip for joining me today. And thank you for tuning in to one more episode of Blackbird. I will put all of the links to the articles and papers that we mentioned in this interview in the show notes, which you can find 
at blackbird.substack.com. I really appreciate your subscriptions. Just throw your email in the little box there and you will get alerted anytime I release a new episode or a piece of written content. If you would like to support the show financially, there is an opportunity to do that there as well. It's also super helpful if you will leave a review for the show at iTunes and also share it with your friends. And with all that being said, thanks again. I will see you on the next episode of Blackbird, and until then, live free.